I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. I am Mike Casaza. I'm not under the weather today, Chris. I don't know about you. But Wednesday was a big day for 24-7 sports. There might have been a party I wasn't involved in. But she might be getting feedback from your performance. <laughs> But on Wednesday, they released their initial top 247 of the recruiting year. This is for the class of 2024. Right. And it's a it's a starting point. Obviously, it's really kind of interesting to trace across time to see who gets in, who slips, who rises. All that stuff is important, too. Um, I like it, not because of the symmetry with our company name, but also I always see guys who are like a top 300 player in the class. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a lot. 250 feels good. Top 247 is even better, I think. It is a pretty elite group. And I think when it, for a bigger picture of the whole ranking system, when you talk about some of these guys and talk about their rankings, you know, three star, four star, or you go the numerical ranking of, you know, somewhere between 80 and 100, with 100 being, you know, a once in a generation type of player. Very rarely does somebody get a 100 ranking. So you're talking top 247 at the end of the cycle. Right now, this is so far out, a year and a half, two years from when these guys signs. Uh, you know, we as a company do not give out those 98s, 99s, 100s yet. But we got to see how they progress. So even the top ranked player right now is a 95, which is elite, mm-hmm. elite, elite. But it could go higher, it could go lower. All these things can change. But, you know, if you are on this list, whether it's now or later, you are in select company. Topical today, because we're going to talk about the many West Virginia targets or options or individuals with whom coaches have had conversations. Not unusual for a class that's so far away to have a lot of people represented on that list. But also, let's just get to the, the gist of what this is. It's it's very much a ranking exercise. It's not just one guy, two guys who sits down and says, I saw these people over the summer. It's impossible to get that many eyeballs or get, get your eyeballs on that many people. It, it's a collective effort. It's across the network. Um, tell us about how this is put together and the amount of voices that go into one list. Well, there is a, a committee, uh, the council, however you want to call it, uh, a select handful of guys that chime in that, that make the final decisions. It's usually four to five guys. Uh, it, it expands out, uh, I guess, if you put it like tiers, like rungs on the ladder or whatever, of, of, of who has the most input. And it and the final decision comes down to a handful of guys that, that is considered the council, and they take input from everyone. And usually, like every job, the longer you do this and the better you are at it, the more your input is taken into account. But also, how often, how serious is your input? For instance, if I call them or email them, I don't call them. I email them and say this guy should be an eighty-seven. They'll say, okay, tell me more. What do you know? Where did you see him? Did you, you know, and and they're not going to take my opinion if I've just seen him off film. The only times that I personally send in recommendations for rankings is after camp. 
after the camps that you and I attend, after we see them in person, after I talk to them and people around them and people that are also recruiting them and, and watching them to get a, a vibe of what they are and who they are and, and what kind of athleticism they have. I think of guys that I've seen in the past, what I can compare them to. And then I'd just give recommendations. I don't be as specific as, well, I consider this guy the number 24 running back in this class, rank him in 87. I'll say something similar, something along the lines of, hey, this guy reminds me of player X from three years ago. Uh, he might be a little further along as far as speed. Uh, he's not quite as big. He dominated in one-on-ones. He ran a 4.6 during the 40-yard dash. He had a 32-inch vertical. Based off of past rankings and my comparisons, I would give him somewhere between an 86 and an 89. And, and so people from around our network give those types of opinions. They channel them all in, feed out the things, you know, weed out the ones that maybe aren't as detailed or maybe are just, hey, I watched this film and it looks good. Like, that's not helpful. And, and then the council, especially if they've seen the player in person, comes up with their ranking. Thorough. It is. And no brother-in-law in there, too. Like, you're not, you're not going to be able to do favors for somebody who asks you to get a guy up and list because it's going to have to go through a betting process, too. Listen, as as widespread and as complicated as it can be, it kind of has to be complicated and widespread. But yeah, the committee, the council, good to have in place, good to do. You can find the list of West Virginia targets on the site right now. Free story, WVU targets in the 2024 top 24-7. Chris, someone who's going to look at this list, they're going to see a lot of names. It's going to come down to very few of these people who are in the recruiting class, obviously. You do have some some biographical sketches on some of them. So there is some amount of background that you have and you can probably expect to carry going forward. But someone who's just arrowing over to this link right now and looking at it, that's why I'm talking so much right now. Somebody should be thumbing through this on their phone or on their screen. <laughs> what should they think of the list and what it means right now, but also how it's going to look and what that means as time passes by? My first thought was when I was putting this together as I was rolling through it. And obviously I've been following along. That is my job. I have talked to the vast majority of these players that are on this list at some point or another. And I still was taken aback by just how many of them had offers. And and I'm not talking about, you know, West Virginia handing out too many offers. I'm talking about West Virginia identifying this coaching staff, identifying these players two years out from signing day and extending them offers. It's not like these guys had the rankings. They didn't have, most of them didn't have rankings at all. But West Virginia went out. They do. They're obviously doing their own scouting. I know there's going to be coaches that tell you they don't pay attention to the rankings. They do. They do. They absolutely do. But West Virginia went out, found these guys, scouted these guys, offered these guys, and then we, 24-7 Sports, ranked them. And it just so happens that I think it was like three dozen or so players in this top 247 have West Virginia offers. Now, it's only, you know, 30 some out of 247. Well, West Virginia is not going to offer kids that are in Oregon and Utah and all these places that, that West Virginia doesn't recruit, that the coaches don't have connections. So think about it of, of the areas that West Virginia typically recruits, the recruiting grounds, and they offered a, a large chunk of those players already identifying and scouting this talent two years out. So that, that was the very first thing that caught my eye when I saw this. It's encouraging and also interesting because it indicates they have an eye for something, right? That they they can get in the hallways or on the campuses of some of these places. They can get these kids to come to their camps and say, I like this. 
something here I like. Let's get going with a relationship. And if that many people are showing up on your initial list here, that's a good sign too. And then you mentioned, I guess, geography too. Sure, Oregon, Utah. Some of their new places that they try to plant seeds, like I'm not going to count Arizona, right? But the number one player in the country, Dominic Riola, <laughs> is from Arizona, right? But if you look down the list, you see it right away. Like Georgia, Florida, obviously important. They're trying to make more important. Carolinas, they've kind of been in and out of. But then the other places like, you know, Missouri, Michigan, uh, back in New Jersey, trying to do things like that. You have your one-offs like, I don't know, uh, Texas perhaps. But a lot of the places they're trying to get into, which would be, you know, again, the Missouris, the Michigans. I think I saw an Indianapolis in there too, which is they have kind of a, a fleeting relationship with too. In addition to the DMV area, I think that there's a school down in uh, – Boy, what do they call that down in, in the Tidewater, Virginia? Um, it, it's just it's just kind of interesting. The places they go to and, and they want to go to, there is representation. Sure. Ohio, Pennsylvania, that's going to be good to them. Florida has been. Georgia, they, they've done a pretty good job down there for a couple of years in different staffs now. But some of the new places too, Chris, it seems like that they try to get in there. And at the very least, they're they're getting in with some talent that does make this list in places that are not in their traditional footprint. Yeah, that uh, I think right up near the top of this list and one of the ones you kind of alluded to was that Texas. It's the lone Texas offer that West Virginia has out right now, or at least in, in this top 247. And that was quarterback DJ Lagway. And that was a Graham Harrell special. Like, I don't I don't I'm not familiar with the connection they had beforehand. According to Lagway, he didn't mention one because I spoke with him the, the moment he got his West Virginia offer a couple months ago. But uh, Lagway was the first quarterback, I believe, that that Graham Harrell offered after arriving at West Virginia. So that speaks something of what Harrell thinks of Lagway. It speaks something of Harrell's approach to what's going on. As you mentioned, he's not going to be tied down to um, Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania recruiting areas. And, and West Virginia never really has as far as quarterbacks go. We, when you get to quarterbacks, you you go wherever for a quarterback. Obviously, Arizona in the last cycle uh, they're not afraid to go wherever they need to go to get the right quarterback. And and Harold's, you know, uh, aiming high here, going for Lagway, who comes came in at number 46, you know, top 50 overall recruit in the entire country with that offer. We'll get the quarterback soon. Just because. Uh, you'll be happy to know there's a prep schooler on there. Hmm? Uh, Loomis Chaffis is a, a big-time school in, I believe it's Connecticut, but um, – Again, we won't get to quarterbacks. There's a quarterback there, too. So a little extended education there, too. Um, it, it's just a weird thing to see all these states. And I, I understand there's a lot of names, but it's just kind of an interesting thing to, to figure out what they're going to do. What are names that maybe people should be paying attention to that you have an inkling that these are not just names on papers. These are names on paper, and there, there's a mutual interest, and there's a chance this is going to go a little bit further down the field at least. Well, should we start in-state? Do it. Let's do the in-state one first. Really uh, interesting prospect, right? Yeah, Jeray Hawkins uh, from Wheeling Park. Only played six games this year, but had 600 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, West Virginia has seen him play in person multiple times. He is one of those guys that I think originally became known for being a track star, which is a start. A lot of guys can get a look, an extended look from colleges because they are track stars. But as you and I have both seen over the years coming over to the camps, they show up to camp, they run really well on a straight line, and then they go dry and do something else, and they can't. Or even if they run really well on a straight line, they just don't look the part. 
Uh, Hawkins looks the part. He plays the part. He can do more than just run in a straight line, and I think that's why he's being ranked so high at the moment. That's why he's got a couple early offers, and that's why I think his list could continue to grow. They throw it around out there, too. I feel like there's always a good quarterback on that team every couple of years that has a, I don't know, like a Kennedy Award season. That would be your in-state Heisman Trophy, too. Um, so A name that I recognize, mm-hmm. seven-on-seven camp this summer, Tysier Denmark. Yep. And he's on the list. So once again, I have a great eye for these things. <laughs> yeah, that was that that Roman Catholic team that uh, also had defensive end Jamil Lyons, who we've had several stories about on the board recently. He's a 2023 guy. But when that team came up, they were almost exclusively like I, I don't know the entire story behind it, but almost like the entire team that was up there were 2023, 2024 and 2025 guys when you know, most of the teams that are out there, they're they're getting their upcoming seniors, these 2022 guys ready for the season with a few 2023 sprinkled in. And, and so they were real young, but um, it, so they, they were real young, so they didn't make it too far in that that seven on seven tournament that day. But the coaching staff saw the potential. They saw the athleticism with some of these guys. And I think it ended up being three or four, maybe even five new offers to that team after that day at camp. So. Uh, Denmark was was definitely one of those guys that stood out, one of those guys that got the offer at the 7-on-7 or right after. So um, definitely somebody to know and somebody that will likely be back up to campus, if not this spring, then this summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pedigree matters at a lot of positions. And and again, if you're on this list, it's a good starting point. I never know what to think about offensive line because it's such a developmental position. It just seems hard to me that you're going to be the same player by the time you get in the field that you were when you start. And yet again, West Virginia's had two true freshmen starting the offensive line and has thought a whole lot of some of the recruits they've had. Do have an offensive lineman here, Jordan Seaton, who makes the list and that you have, have certainly paid attention to so far. Yeah, he was up on campus. Uh, he got the offer almost a year ago. So again, he was a, was that a freshman in high school? I, I can't figure out my math here, but he was offered in May of 2021 and doesn't graduate till 2024. So young guy, but the staff knew he was good. They offered him early. He was up a few weeks later. He and his teammate David Ogiegbe, who is a four-star in 2023, and and I was I was covering some other camp. They were just there visiting and, and spotted both of them walking around with their lead recruiter AJ Jackson, and and they've built a nice relationship. Seaton's had some very positive things to say about him, and they've stayed in touch. And West Virginia stopped by and saw them, both Jackson and Shadon Brown. Uh, who, who also helps recruit that area. Now, D.C.'s mostly Jackson, but Shadon Brown was in the area and swung by, I believe. So that was this January where they swung by and saw uh, Seton again. So that contact is is still there. Good conference, too. I believe it's the same conference that Gonzaga plays in, and that is where Jordan White came from. Um, good schools up there, good athletes, good schools. That doesn't hurt at all. Uh, finally, I guess the the one that's, that's maybe really interesting because I know I've read about him so far, but Tavion Galloway, um, Kind of like what I see and what I read about him. Yep. Was just on campus this past weekend at West Virginia. Uh, really blown up. Lots of new offers. Um, had spoken with tight ends coach Sean Reagan. And right before he was set to come up, West Virginia said, hey, we're not even going to wait till you get here. You're offered, period. You Just come on up here and enjoy the visit. Don't worry about the, you know, am I getting offered? Am I being recruited? Whatever. You have an offer. We want you. Just come up and visit and enjoy it. And, and he seemed to do that. 
uh, it really talked up that trip, and and that that story is up on the site right now for our VIP members. Yeah, good plug there. Hey, good job by Sean Reagan. This is the number eighty player on the list, a tight end. Um, yep. And I mean, nothing against Reagan, didn't have to go very far, Chillicothe, Ohio. But hey, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Uh, you got a guy like that that really helps here too. Let's let's get to the inevitable, Chris, quarterback. Um, it's it's super intriguing because I don't think that they really do, uh, you know, border states or geography so much, and they do this. Graham Harrell was going to, quote, master in quarterbacks. That was going to be his area of emphasis in recruiting. And we have a couple here that range from high on the list, like the highest you could be in a list that probably isn't too realistic, but some lower guys. And again, that would be our our uh, prep school quarterback from Connecticut, too. But there are some there are some possibilities here. And again, pedigree positions. You really want to have somebody who can get in the field right away at this position. And if you have some schooling and you know what you're doing based on your high school experience, that's going to help you a whole lot. What are the Mountaineers looking at? And does it give you any type of a idea about what they're going to do with this new staff? Because as you mentioned, one of the offers is a Herald special. Well, well that, that's what I'm waiting to see because other than, well, I guess Jaden Davis uh, also got an offer from, from Harold. So he's the number nine overall player in the country. We'll talk about him more in a second, but Davis and Lagway were offered by Harold. Um, Riola out of Arizona was pre-Harrell, and same with Michael Van Buren and uh, Dante Reno. I mean, I, I I did an interview with Reno and spoke with him, and and he mentioned, you know, at the time, this was, again, over a year ago. So just impressive as heck that West Virginia was offering a quarterback when this kid was a freshman in high school, and they knew he was going to be good, and, and here he is in the top 247. And he had an offer, and he had planned on Coming up for a visit, uh, he has not come up yet, but um, we'll see if that contact stays stays with the new coordinate, new offensive coordinator. Uh, Jaden Davis, interesting story, Providence Day School down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. Head coach, one Mr. Chad Greer, father of Will Greer. Uh, West Virginia went and visited J- Jaden Davis, his receiver, Chaining Goodwin. And a couple other players on that team, uh, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I mean, there's a handful of kids that have offers from West Virginia, all of them getting them in January when West Virginia swung by for a visit. So they're making some connections there. And I would not be shocked if Chad Greer returned the favor by bringing his whole team up for camp in the summer. Uh, That has happened before. That happens with lots of schools. So I wouldn't be shocked if he did that. Sam Howell played for Chad Greer, right? Yes, he did. I know West Virginia tried to get in there late. Oh, yeah. I think they, he owes him one, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Davis is a fun little, fun little like prospect to watch, too. Little isn't the right word, but a fun prospect. Just that his film, I don't know, quarterback stuff is kind of fun to watch. But you can, I mean, he's got an advanced offense, Chad Greer. I wonder why, right? But yeah. he knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. And that doesn't look quite like your typical high school tape, especially for somebody, like you said, so young. But it's pretty obvious right away, too. Think about the times that, we stand out in this field and you watch these guys and they're not even allowed in with like the upperclassmen to, to throw. And you're going to extend a scholarship offer to someone who's not even in your main group. Like sometimes you see kids get pulled in like, hey, give it a shot. But to have a look at somebody and say, yep, that's it. That's pretty interesting, too. Uh, one more point, And you can extend this into what it means coming up next, because I think that I can make a point here. If you go up and down this list, a lot of major programs and again, from various states, but name high schools and they travel. West Virginia is always going to say one of the hardest things to do is get somebody on campus. And once they get them on campus, they think that they could take care of the rest or at least do what they have to do to 
at least convince the guy to give him a shot or look or a consideration. But who knows how many other people you expose to that because not just one person's getting in that van or getting on that bus that comes to town. If one player on this list has an inclination to come to Morgantown, he's going to bring some teammates with him or even like a whole team too. What does it mean to, to be in with so many quality schools, quality players, but it's kind of like a Pied Piper thing, or if you get a really good player, you're going to expose many more teammates to WVU, to the coaching staff, to the facilities. Um, again, starting point, but I think if you trace the dots here, that's pretty optimistic too. Yeah, and I've, I've mentioned the seven-on-seven seven with the Roman Catholic, and you will see guys like uh, it was Aaron Chile's linebacker from Good Counsel. Good Counsel's been up there for uh, a couple seven-on-seven seven tournaments in the last few years. We've seen um, a, a lot of big-time programs that have come up there with their teams, that, and we'll talk more about this in a second, but the, for instance, Shelton Gibson, from he was at Cleveland Heights in Ohio. West Virginia, I think maybe had offered him, but he wasn't that interested in West Virginia originally. Came up for a seven-on-seven tournament with his co- with his high school team at West Virginia. Next thing you know, talking about West Virginia quite a bit, and eventually, obviously, signed and had a very nice career at West Virginia. So the seven-on-seven tournament is important. And one little side note on that, you know, they used to have it at one day, one very, very long, well, one and a half days. It would start in the evening one day and then be all day the next day. They split it up last year into two quote-unquote shootouts, two one-day events separately. I think, and by think, I mean somebody told me that one of the perks of this was it allows more teams to come. You're not picking one date. You're giving these teams, especially these good teams, these really good teams, options. Please come to our school. Bring all your kids Oh, you can't come that date? Well, guess what? We got another one. Would you like to come to that one? Boom, let's do it. And, and that works out well for them. But it's not just the seven-on-sevens because coaches will bring, and you get discounted rates when you bring large groups of kids to the regular events, the regular one-day camps. And every day that we go up there and we cover those camps, I pull into the parking lot and start walking up, and you see – Eight, nine, ten guys all wearing the same shorts, all wearing the same shirt, all hopping out of a van or a bus with their logo on it. So getting these teams and trying to make it a team effort and getting them to travel in groups is extremely important. A little WrestleMania there, huh? Two-day special? <laughs> yeah. Neil Brown and the Vince McMahon of this? This is pretty interesting. Hey, bring in a uh, little Pat McAfee action, Stone Cold, all that good stuff. Never mind the barbecue. Just get all the WrestleMania figures there. There you go. There it is. I think that about covers it here. Again, I don't know, nuanced niche interest, but it's a starting point if you're going to pay attention to where the team is going to be in a couple of years. What is a December of 2020, let me see, December 2023, February 2024 going to look like, sound like? Hey, start paying attention now. These names will be familiar. And, and uh, again, the select few will become more familiar in the future. Chris, any more words of wisdom or final thoughts on this? This is fluid. Just remember, it's fluid, it's fluid, it's fluid. Who who is in the who are in these rankings and who is very interested in West Virginia and vice versa is very fluid. I already mentioned the Shelton Gibson situation. This far out from signing day, you know, I go back and look at some of the guys that ended up in the top two, four, seven that eventually signed with West Virginia. Wyatt Milam, for instance, this far out from signing day for him, he was doing interviews and wasn't even mentioning West Virginia. Uh, Jacoby Spells had an offer from West Virginia as a wide receiver at the time. 
and had never visited, had never really followed up on his offer, talked about anything else. So just keep in mind that it's all fluid. As you said, this is a starting point. And we got 36 or whatever offers on here. I kind of pinpointed five, five to seven on my list today in the article. And take of those seven, maybe four of them will still be in the picture six months from now, but four others will hop back in and be serious about it later too. Fun time, fun work to track. If it's fun, it's not even really work, right? But right. keep your eyeballs on the on the list. Watch it shrink, watch it grow, see what West Virginia does to add to its presence and I don't know, see your players do to remove themselves from the situation. But only one way to find out. Stay tuned, see how it goes. We'll be back with more of this, I'm sure, in the future. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.